Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. No Stephanie Burke tonight. No Asylum Assassin. It's just a two-man crew here and so we'll manage. Yeah, no Spooky TV tonight. Uh, we were using the setup for the Google Hangout that we were just doing that was being broadcast over YouTube with the creators of Ghost Dark, and they'll be joining us coming up in just a little bit as well. And if you are new to the program, if you've never tuned in, we talk about the paranormal here each and every Saturday night. Normally, we also have what we call Spooky TV. We have cameras in the studio. We present to you a video version of the show, but because we were using that and I was trying to figure out how to switch everything over and be able to tie everybody in because the Ghost Dark crew, they are in Italy. So for them, it's easy. You know, we, we can't just pick up the phone here and call Italy. We'd get fired. Yeah, they wouldn't like that too much. The charges are pretty exorbitant. So it's easier for us to connect through Skype, but then it makes it harder for us to connect with them from the video aspect. So, we're, you know, we'll go without the video tonight. Uh, however, we will have the audio podcast for those who... Listen that way, which a lot of folks do. You know, a lot of folks like to tune into the podcast, and we want to thank you all for listening. We still want you to email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com, or tweet us at SpookySC. Let us know who you are and where you listen from. We've got fans all across the world. Literally. Like, I want to say hi to some of them out there right now. We have, uh, I know Hannah's listening in Spain. We have, um, let's see, there's, well, Amber's listening in Australia. So Zoe. Yeah, she's in, she's in... Uh, Australia or New Zealand? Australia, as far as I remember. There's so many yeah. all across. We, we, this show is international. We never thought that when we started this show nine years ago, but now we've reached the point where that's that's the case. And when you talk about Spooky South Coast, people know that this is the show to come on when you want to talk about uh, a new paranormal device, which is what the creators of Ghost Talk will be doing tonight. And we're going to be fortunate enough to actually get our hands on one of the beta test models when they roll out this spring, which we'll utilize at our Legend Trips events. Now, we do have a Legend Trips event coming up next Saturday. We'll be at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. There will be no snow. <laughs> no no storms, nothing. I've been watching the weather like a hawk, uh, and it's fluctuated so much. But as of right now, it looks like it's going to just be kind of a cold night. But we'll still have the snow we already got. Is more Well, I don't know. We're supposed to get this rain that should help take uh, take care of some of that. But it seems like as of right now, you know, it was still coming down as snow. So I'm not completely 100% sure how much of it will be gone. But hopefully enough that we can see when we're trying to pull out of somewhere. Oh, some of these roads are deadly. And I'm wondering, like, if this snow isn't gone, where's everybody going to park for Lizzie Boyd's next week? Because a lot of times people park on the street. I can tell you one thing. For anybody that doesn't mind parking in the courthouse parking... It's definitely going to be clear over there because with the Aaron Hernandez trial going on, oh yeah, there's no way that they have any uh, any empty parking spaces over there. So, uh, pretty good pretty good chance that if you are coming, you can park over there. But I didn't tell you to do that. But I'm pretty excited about this event because uh, we do have a new piece of equipment that we'll be taking with us. Uh, Bill Chapel has retooled the Connect system that he created, and now it is a handheld version. So instead of having to have this elaborate setup that it takes Jeff like 45 minutes to set up and we have to help him carry buckets yeah. up and down the stairs, instead of all that, it's just going to be like a handheld tablet type device now, which I'm excited about because in previous investigations, Jeff's been, even though if you've never been to a Legend Trips event, we stay on one floor each or one area each. Well, this means he won't be tied to just one fixed location. But Exactly. Within his 
area, he's always stuck monitoring the connect system. So even though he might be on, say, the, the second floor, because usually we put that connect system in the room where Mrs. Borden was killed. So if he's there again, instead of being stuck to just that room, he can wander around with the system in his hand and be able to go room to room. So it, it, you'll have a lot more versatility in the investigation. We also have some new toys that we've acquired since the last time we've been there as well because we didn't do Dead of Summer this year because another group was heading in for an event and we didn't want to yeah. kind of step on their toes. And so it, we ended up just holding off and waiting for this year's Dead of Winter. And so we got some new toys, some new bells and whistles we can try out. We always have the old standbys too. So we'll see. I can tell you that from the guest list of who's coming to this event, we have a whole bunch of people who have never been, uh, some of them have never been on an investigation at all, but a lot of them have never been to a Legend Trips event and certainly never been to Lizzie Borden's. So we're going to have you know fresh meat in that regard, but we'll have a new amount of energy. And I think it'll be pretty cool to have folks in there and have them experiencing some of their first ever paranormal investigation in one of the most haunted places in the world. Oh, it'll be fun to watch their faces. I can't wait either. I can tell you that when we do get the ghost arc in for the beta testing, the first place we're taking it is Lizzie's. Absolutely 100%. Um, completely 100% behind that. Because I, I think that if we do bring it there, I mean, we already know the location pretty well. We already know that, uh, you know, we know, we have an idea of what will set things off and what won't. We know where all the hotspots are to look for things. We know where we can get false positives. Uh, we know what kind of uh, things to watch out for. So automatically you're dealing with, for a lot of people, you know, a lot of investigators out there, they might say when they first get a piece of equipment, the first thing they do is use it in their own house. Yeah. Because they're familiar with their own house and so they know what's what and it makes it easier to focus on the device. Bringing it to Lizzie Borden's is pretty much the next best thing to using it at our own house because we're there so much and we know it so well. We, we're just fortunate enough that you know our second home is also one of the most haunted places in America. So I'm pretty excited to find out how that works. Uh, now, we've talked about this Ghost Ark device a little bit between ourselves and also a bit on the air uh, a few weeks ago when we announced that the team would be joining us, but... You've been somebody who has gone all the way back, Matt Moniz, to investigating with, you know, a tape recorder and a notebook. And a Polaroid one step, yeah. So you go back to the days when it was all about... Um, it was all about the experience. You were documenting yeah. the investigation itself yeah. more so than looking for evidence. The evidence right. kind of came later. Yeah, evidence was ancillary to to the investigation itself it was there you were there to have the experience for yourself uh if you were able to capture something on a recorder or on camera or have a a witness with you which was rare in and of itself because a lot of people back then you know it was just individuals going to do it maybe a team uh two people at the most and when you went in you were there to have that experience, and then you documented your experience. You wrote down what you experienced and you know tried to show what happened either through video or audio and It was more about like I said how you interpreted what you came into into contact with see and i 've come up at a different time when you know uh, my i'll full full 
disclosure here, my first investigation happened after the paranormal hit the television airwaves in the form of shows like Ghost Hunters. So I was going to say, it's always been in the, in the airwaves in one form or another. Right, but I mean in terms of the, the current mode of investigation, yes. uh, the current school of thought. So I come from it. I don't say that I come from that because I grew up reading about the way that people like yourself were investigating and documenting it. So that's what was always in the back of my mind. But when I see a television show that has these different devices, I didn't go run out and buy a a thermal camera. (laughs) But I said to myself, gee, I'm a journalist. I already have a portable tape recorder. Let me bring that with me and see what happens. Uh, I would say to myself, gee... You know, we we had a baby not that long ago. We went out and bought a digital camera. Let me bring that with me and see what happens. And so that was kind of the fostering of that idea. Not so much because I wanted to see what everybody else had, but because I wanted to have the best tools available with me to be able to say, well, because I'm thinking I'm as perceptive as a brick, and if I bring these devices with me, that maybe I'll catch something that later on I can say, whoa. And I can tell you... I. I I can't give too much away, but I'm working on a new television project. And one of the things that they're having me do is they're having me double check, go over the uh, review of what they've already done to see if they've missed anything. And I realized that nine years ago, I would have missed so much of the things that I pick up on now. Nine years ago, I would have been so quick to dismiss a lot of things that aren't so easily dismissible now. And... Part of that has to do with the way that I've incorporated different technology and the way that I've been able to expand my own belief and expand my own uh, procedure in the paranormal based on what some of those devices are. You know, if if I was still just listening to tape, you know, regular yeah. analog tape, I'd probably throw out half of the stuff that I hear now because I'd be like, no, it's tape. Yeah. But because now we work in the digital media, we you know, so it's you, you get to fine-tune things a little bit. And then, like, you know, somebody who's a fan of vinyl will tell you, well, you can get too fine-tuned. And then you lose some of the original ambiance of what it is that you're trying to present. But I don't think that that's the case with, with paranormal investigation. I think the more that you can eliminate uh, false positives, the better off you are. How do you feel about those monies who say, you know, you have to have that extra noise of using analog tape? You have to have that extra, you know, you need to have low fidelity to be able to have these things come through. I would rather have, I would rather have it be harder for the activity to happen than have it be easier for me to misinterpret what I'm hearing. Personally, I'd like to use both. Uh, And we've done that on a couple of occasions where we, one of our first EVPs that we got, one was on, if I'm not mistaken, a uh, an actual cassette recorder and two different forms of digital. And we got the EVP on all three. And what was interesting was the, if I'm not mistaken, the it was uh, Costa's tape recorder. They got the clearest uh, version of it. We had it going on two different digitals and one analog. Yep. The two digitals were running at different rates. And it went across all three, but none of us heard it with our own ears. ears. Correct. And what was amazing about that is we had those three different files that we sent out to everybody and his brother to analyze, and every single one of them came back with something different. Different, yeah. And I still remember, and I've, I've told the story a, a few times, but I, I will tell it again. We were gone, We investigated the Ellis Bowl Cemetery in Mattapoisett, so anybody that's... 
out there now. Don't do it without permission. But we, we went and we investigated there. And we were poking around some of the gravestones. We were asking questions. Not literally and, poking. But no, but, you know, just looking around, observing them, uh, yeah. observing them, and just trying to take a look at them and see, you know, get an idea, feel for the history right. of, of who was buried there. And I remember I was on the other side. And I mean, for those who are unfamiliar, though, it's spatially, it's not that huge. It's it's a small plot of land. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say maybe 20 yards by 40 yards. Maybe a little bit bigger than that, but not by much. So you're in one corner, I'm in the other, but we can still audibly speak oh, yeah. to each other with no problems. And you guys were overlooking at one grave, and you saw a Masonic symbol on one of the graves. Well, Costa did, yeah. And, and he asked you about it. Yeah. And you pointed out that it was a, a Masonic symbol, and you asked the question, are you a Freemason? And then after you asked that question, we got a response, which to me sounded like almost like a mocking of your voice. Yeah. And so you say, and I wish I could pull it up, but it's, uh, we're talking it, nine years ago. Yeah, I don't even know where it is on the computer anymore. But maybe I can add it in post. But you asked the question, are you a Freemason? And just very lowly, it came out afterward, Freemason. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much a direct response, response to what it was yeah. that you were saying. We also caught another one that same night. The woman's voice. A high-pitched voice. And I remember taking a photo of one of the graves, and because there was some pitting on the sto- stone, it created this weird effect. And I said, wow, that's weird, like when I was looking at the photo in the yeah. in the viewfinder, and, and it the voice comes back, and I thought it said, weird, like mocking me mm. in a high-pitched voice. But people have broken it down. They've come up with all different kinds of stuff. It's amazing how much one little audio clip can be interpreted so many different ways. In the end, what do I think? What do I feel actually happened? I think that whatever was there was just repeating what we were saying. And I think that it's nothing more than that. The fact that somebody was there actually trying to talk. And it, yeah. it could have been that. It could have been you know something else that was uh, just kind of mocking us for the sake of messing with us. Uh, it could have been just the easiest way to communicate would be to repeat. I don't yeah. know. Well, that was one of the places that I used to go as a kid. My grandparents lived uh, on New Boston Road, which is, as you know, right around the corner from there. So when I was a a kid, teenager, and whatever, I would be able to, when I was staying down at my grandparents' place, I'd, I'd, you know, take a run down to the cemetery and, you know, see what what would happen. And occasionally there'd be shadows roaming about in this net. I mean... You hear the stories all the time. I was always waiting for that Mustang or whatever to come around the corner, and that never showed up. But. Thankfully, yeah, that would have been a pretty freaky night. Uh, had that, we, we had enough weirdness going on that night anyway, but we actually left there and came to the show. Yeah. And I remember I was reviewing the audio on the way to the show. Matt was driving, and I had my headphones on, and I heard the, <laughs> the, woman, repeating, excuse me, the woman repeating what I said. Through the headphones. Through the headphones off my head and said, F that. I am not listening to that ever again. And then a second went by and I was like, All right, I hear that again. Yeah. So and and that and we, we were able to come here, we played it on the air that night and, and that was kind of the first real investigation in terms of uh, actually doing it in the correct manner. Uh this was Kind of the start of things for us, but again, you're coming at it from a perspective, from a school of thought where you're utilizing these devices to augment your the natural abilities. But that's what the equipment is for. Most people are making the false assumption 
that you're using this equipment to provide evidence. No, the uh, the purpose of people using equipment generally is to augment the natural senses. I mean, to do things in a more scientific manner requires protocols and a whole series of other things. But this is just augmentation of your natural senses. You use a recorder because it hears frequencies beyond what your ears can hear. You use video cameras because it sees in spectrums that your eyes can't. I mean, you use various other meters that detect you know, temperature differences and electromagnetic differences, just like your skin reacts to temperature and galvanic responses to to electrical stimuli. I mean, even ion meters, you know, work similar to how your nose works. And if you're trying to taste a ghost, you've got issues. Well, I don't know. It depends on what kind of ghost. I mean, but you get my point. It's there to augment your senses. I wouldn't it, mind a ghost pizza right about now. <laughs> but that's what the equipment is actually used for. It's the extension of the main tool in the arsenal, and that is you. Well, one of the questions that I brought up in the Google Hangout that was we, we were doing earlier, the live broadcast on YouTube uh, with the creators of Ghost Talk, one of the questions that I brought up is, you know, are we, are we the ones projecting this information ourselves? Is this really coming of a different state of being? Is this really coming from, depending on what you think a ghost is, is it coming from a different dimension? Is it coming from the other side? Is it coming from the past? Is it coming from the future? Or is it coming from within us? Or is it something completely natural and not anything connected to any of it at all? Right. Are, could, are we just, you know, fooling ourselves, you know, tripping over what is natural things? And, and I think as with, with we'll learn about tonight with Ghost Ark, but even with some of the other equipment that we've seen come down the line, all we're really doing is just further refining the collection of that data. How can we take that data and use it to finally prove any one of these theories? I don't know. I mean, I think that nobody can really answer that right now. But all we can continue to do is collect that data and show to other people, like, here it is. It's happening. I mean, eventually, if you collect enough of it and are able to show it's repeatable, then you might start getting interest. And this is a good tool to help in that direction. It's a, it's a good start. If it's a stable platform, is able to record reliably and you know maintain good data, you do this repeatedly over time and time and time again in different places and able to establish repeatable results, then, yeah, you will start to get the interest of certain academics. Let's put it that way. Well, one of the... Uh one of the things that people that skeptics will always say is they will say, you know, don't pee on my hat and tell me that it's raining. But if enough people are standing over you and peeing on your hat, it's raining pee. Yeah. So I, I think that if enough of this stuff starts happening, you're going to have, and I, <laughs> that's, I wish I had enough, uh, uh, I wish I had enough coverage here so we could tweet that out as we said it because uh, <laughs> that's keep that one for the record books, folks. That's, that's one for, uh, that'll be the back cover of my next book. But the 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 point is is that I think that if the, you you really have to present this in a way that is almost inscrutable to some people uh, to be able to get them to even explore the topic. Well, some won't even you know take anything that you give them, no matter how well it's documented. And but are you what are you trying to accomplish with this data? Who are you trying to reach? That that that's the first thing that has to be established. Who's your audience? Who's going to, you know, accept it? 
you're going to have, you know, uh, cynics for forever. You know, and they're they're the people that no matter you know what you bring in front of them, they're going to not believe it and just look the other way. And then you have various gradations below that. At a certain point, where do you cut off? Well. And I do want to share before we are going to get into things with the ghost ghost art guys coming up in just a few moments. But before we do that, I do want to share something that happened uh, earlier today. And I'm going to put this out there uh, as a podcast. I'll be releasing it on the Spooky South Coast podcast feed. If you remember a few years ago, back in 2007, I believe it was, we had as our guest Dave Kane, who is a legendary radio broadcaster in this area. Uh, he's actually going to be returning to WBSM. In a fill-in capacity, you know, whenever somebody needs to take a day off, Dave will be a guy that they'll call in to come in and fill in. Uh, you know, he's kind of semi-retired now, and he'll be able to come in and, and uh, speak with you guys again, just like he did so many years ago. But we had Dave on to talk about his son, Nicky O'Neill, who perished in the station nightclub right. fire, which we uh, just passed the 12th anniversary, anniversary of on, on Thursday. So the uh, when we're talking about this, I'm sorry, it was uh, yesterday. Yeah. So when uh, when uh, I don't even know what day it is. It's Saturday, right, because we're in the studio. But uh, when we were talking about this, David mentioned, and his book is called 41 Signs of Hope, and he talks about how Nikki, his son, was obsessed with the number 41 while he was alive, and that when he passed on, when he transitioned from one plane to the next in the station nightclub fire, he still comes back to the family and gives him all these signs that he was still there. Now, I won't get into all of that because you can listen to the interview and you can also go back and listen to our archived interview and hear the complete story. But they also did like a, a movie, didn't they? Yes, there's a, there's a movie about it called 41, which you can check out online. Uh, you can purchase Dave's book through his website, davecane.net. But all of this that goes on, you know, I, my job, I think, as a, as a talk show host is to chronicle, help other people chronicle their stories, not insert myself into it. But we had to take a break in the middle of the interview for the news because in the morning we have news, live news in the bottom of the hour and, and in the middle of the hour. So, you know, it, like we do here. It no, but I mean it was here. But I mean in the morning, uh, like we don't do it during Spooky South Coast because nobody's yeah. here. But in the morning we have to take these news breaks. So in the middle of the interview, I had to take this break, and I said to Dave, you know, I'll I'll be back with you in just a few minutes. Put him on hold, and I turn everything off on the board. Because I don't want to accidentally talk over the news broadcast. I wasn't talking to Dave off the air or anything. I was just sitting here. I had all the pots down. And you know me. When I turn the pots yep. down, I also push the buttons off. Yep. Because I don't want to accidentally yeah, say, say something, something that I would, shouldn't. <laughs> which we have done. Everything else was off. I was not looking at anything on the computer with any audio. And I didn't have anything in queue. But all of a sudden, a staticky voice was coming through the queue speaker on the board. Now, if I'm going to be listening to something in queue, I'm going to put my headphones on because it's louder and it's easier to hear. And this board speaker is terrible. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I could hear all this crackling and a voice coming through trying to say something that I couldn't make, make out. I've never heard that before. In all the years that I've been behind this board, I've never once heard that. Have you heard it since? And I haven't heard it since. It wasn't happening at all tonight. It wasn't happening after that news break. But for some reason, it happened then. So to me, I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to put myself into Dave Kane's story, into the story of Nikki O'Neill, but I feel like he was trying to reach out then. 
I just I, I I felt that that was a very special moment, and that's why I shared it with the audience this morning, and while I'm sharing it with you guys again. But we'll have that entire interview up there for you to hear, if you would like to listen to it. And again, I also recommend going back and searching the archives, and you'll find the original interview that we did so many years ago, and get even more in depth. We just did kind of what we could in the time that we had this morning, uh, but there's so much more. We're actually going to work with Dave to kind of bring him up from Rhode Island to do a presentation somewhere. Uh, we'll we'll find a good place to do it, and then we'll have everybody come on out. We'll do it to raise some money for the station memorial fund so they can actually get the memorial built on that site. Uh, they need about $2 million. So I don't think we can raise all of it, but we can at least help out and, and do what we can. I'll do what I can. You know, I, I did what I could back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and still, to this day, I mean, there's still all kinds of charitable endeavors going on. Yeah. I, I was looking at the pictures, and you know the story that, how I was supposed to be there that mm-hmm. night, and kind of hit me looking at the faces again and and stuff because I can still see my friends driving away, waving. You know, well, the you never know when your time's going to be up, and the, I I still just remember seeing their faces waving as they drove off in the car, and I had to stay and work. And then when I got up in the morning and I saw the news it was just mind-blowing yeah and it was something that i still remember the next day you know because where i was working at the time we had a regular customer that would come in every morning and he had gone and it didn't take dale it was dale yes yeah He, he was the one i was supposed to be going with him and his buddies from the band it didn't take long before you know everybody realized like exactly why he hadn't been in that morning so it was uh it was very Straight, because I was saying this with Dave earlier, like in this area, everybody, if you don't know somebody directly, you know somebody that had somebody yeah. that went. So it's, uh, it's very kind of 100 people perished in the fire and, and, uh, there was a lot that was done wrong. We didn't even get into the, some of the criminality yeah, it, of everything. It, it, we, we that left whole debacle that, is. We left that all off the table because it's, it was more about, you know, how this one story of coping with grief was able to, help other people. So the fact that Nikki is coming back to Dave and his family, uh, hopefully other people can realize that your loved ones are around you. And I've also heard of people stopping by with recorders trying to get EVPs from the location. That's, I don't know how I feel. But about you know, that. you're the same person. I mean, I'm not, not trying to knock you here, but you're the same person that was considering because you had the opportunity yeah. going to ground zero and conducting an investigation there. And I'm not judging you on that. I'm saying like the chance came up and you, you were saying, do I do this or do I not? Yeah. I don't know if I can pass up this chance, uh, but you know what I mean? It's- Ultimately I did because I didn't think that, you know, that I, that's just, what are you going to do if you do come up with anything? How are you going to present it? Yeah, that was my point. That it, all it would be, would be something I would do have for personal, you know, and the same thing with the station yeah. nightclub fire. If you want to go there and make a connection and, and you want to use a tape recorder to try and do that, a digital recorder to try and do that, then that's great. That's for you. Right. But in terms of like, you know, paranormal team being like, I think this would be a good place for us to go and investigate, you, there's, there's a time sensitivity involved. Yeah. And, uh, and that's something that we deal with a lot in the paranormal. And we'll definitely cover that, uh, in an upcoming show. But I think tonight we're ready to connect with, we're going to go all the way to, Italy, if you can believe that. The magic of, uh, of Skype and the magic of the Internet here, we're actually able to go and make this connection. So we're going to try and do that right now. 
This is this is always the good part because <laughs> we're going to do this right on air. Hey, Tim. Hey, Alessandro, you there? Hello. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? I hear you. Do you hear us? Hey, Tim. I don't hear anything. How how about now? Can you hear us now? Hello. Can you hear us? I can't hear you. Hang on. Let me see if I can take care of this here. How about now? Now can you hear us? Yeah, absolutely. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. All right. We are tired, you know, because it's 4 a.m. in the morning, but it's all good. And you guys have, uh, you know, you just did a couple of hours on Google Hangouts, which you broadcast on YouTube, uh, in which we had a, a, a panel of paranormal folks on board talking about this new device, Ghost Ark, which is really getting a lot of buzz around the paranormal community. Yeah, we're really excited about that. Because uh, in the end, uh, they all resonate with uh, with the need that Massimo actually found, which is the need of simplicity, the need to have one solution. Like you can't have uh, a thousand tools and for dif- for a thousand different uses. You need to have something that can get you a baseline so that you can start being serious while doing research. Now, do you have uh, Massimo and John with you, or did you kind of let them go to bed? Yeah, absolutely. We got uh, John and Massimo. Well, Hi, ciao, team. Ciao. Siamo qua. Ciao to you guys as well, and you're here with myself and, and Matt, my co-host. Uh, Hi, Matt. How you doing? Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> One of the things that fascinated me when we first saw this coming out is the fact that you are trying to put everything that we would possibly need uh, on an investigation basically into one hand. And, and I know that Massimo is somebody who has been exploring the paranormal, and I'm sure that he's had to deal with over the years having to carry around and lug around all this stuff. So was that kind of the impetus for this, to have a way to, to streamline everything and make it simpler? Era, cioè l'idea di Gostar che era quella che aveva i migliori oggetti al passare sì, dalle mine certo. uno. Yeah, the, the, sì, sì, proprio era questa era un bisogno the, che dovevo risolvere yeah, he had a, a need that he needed to fulfill so he will find himself while researching that he will have uh, uh, five or six tools and he would also have a notepad to put all the data and while the tools were uh, making different uh, measurements he will find himself Having to uh, dr- uh, to note the data down on the notepad, and at the same time, it will lose track of the instruments, so it will get really confusing. Because the thing is, Massimo likes to go uh, doing the paranormal investigation by himself, and that's the thing. You cannot do it by yourself if you need six items, because you cannot shift focus that much. It's simply impossible. Right. And so that's where uh, the Ghost Ark idea came about, which was uh, uh, something like a year ago. And then what happened was that Massimo actually started talking about it with John, his son. Uh, his son, which has experience both in web designing, uh, also as a DJ, and also as a, a startupper. And therefore, uh, John gave a, a, a thoughtful thought into the idea, and he actually thought that uh, it was something that could be done. And so that's the story of how Ghost Ark started from the head of Massimo, which he actually thought about it for over 10 years because he always felt the need to have a solution to the, the, the incapacity of going alone and doing paranormal research. And so that's after 10 years and after one year in the, in the actual uh, mental thinking process of getting the device, now we are really close to getting it uh, done. 
So all those years of experience uh, with Massimo investigating the paranormal, but what's the what's his technical background to be able to put together a device like this? Yeah. So uh, first of all, Massimo has been researching for thirty years. Dan, he had experience as a um, uh, radio amateur. He also owned the first, uh, the second actual radio in the Italy. And um, the thing is, he's not building the device. We have engineers working on the technical part of the device. But the thing is, he knows the devices he uses daily. He uses a recorder. He uses a radio sweeper. He uh, wants to have the temperature and the pressure and the EMFs uh, being shown in real time. And so he knew what he needed. And then the technical part was uh, is, has been managed by engineers. But the thing is, the missing bond is John. John made it possible that what was inside of Massimo's head uh, became something in, um, understandable to the engineers so that they could actually get the technical part down. Because Massimo is not an engineer. They are doing the electrical and all the uh, mathematical parts. Massimo just had this need, the need that... Uh, from our own experience and from what uh, all the experiences that has been shared to us is a common need to be able to have a single device and be able to go and do paranormal research by yourself. Well, I like the idea, too, that, you know, a lot of people that are in this field, they consider themselves amateur engineers because they're basically taking what's already been created and reverse engineering it. So to be able to put it in the hands of experts, they know better than, than paranormal folks do how to make things work and how to make things work together. Yeah, that's a really interesting statement. Yeah, uh, Massimo never dared doing such thing because, uh, yeah, you will die. You will die. Yes, he had experience with the radio, but, uh, you know, to build a device by yourself, I think it's uh, it's pretty messy, you know? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I can't even build one of those, you know, home science kits. So <laughs> I know the feeling. So now, with the idea of putting this all together, and the first question that I asked you guys when we, when we spoke um, a few weeks ago off the air, the first question that I asked is, how do we make all of these different functionalities work? I mean, essentially, this is going to replace your EMF detector, your ghost box, your digital recorder, uh, your, your mel meter. How, how are you able to make all of these functionalities work without stepping all over each other? Come è possibile far sì che tutte le varie funzionalità vadano senza che vadano in conflitto? Beh, eh, prima di tutto è, una, è un aspetto tecnico dove il, le tecnologie di adesso permettono di fare dei prodotti multifunzionali come siamo passati dal cellulare allo smartphone. Yeah, so first of all it's a matter of the uh, modern day technology that actually allows to have such a compact component inside of a single device. Come è successo quando abbiamo passato dai cellulari agli smartphone? Yeah, the same thing goes for uh, um, a good example will be how we change from a normal cell phone to a smartphone. E soprattutto eh, ci sono, noi abbiamo la possibilità chiaramente, avendo persone che hanno studiato 
in Giappone dove per loro la, la microrobotica è fatta di molti componenti e molte funzioni di capire come riuscire a realizzare una cosa del genere che è completamente custom e studiata proprio solo per il paranormale yeah, by, by choosing the right people uh, in this case the, the right engineers which in our own case uh, the il capo del team il project manager yeah, the project manager has been trained in Japan in microrobotics um, by choosing the right people Uh, they are going to implement the best technology available in a manner that it's going to be, uh, you know, feasible and uh, sustainable. Be, uh, because the thing is, the, for the compati- compatibility uh, point, non ci sono grandi problemi, il discorso solo delle macchine principalmente. Non ci sono problemi di incompatibilità e soprattutto la parte di MF che potrebbe essere quella che più può essere corrotta diciamo dagli altri elementi è stato, è stato schermato c'è, un, c'è, un, c'è un, una tecnologia di schermatura interna del device per permettere che le letture siano assolutamente genuine yeah the thing is uh, most of the components don't have uh, interferences by themselves the biggest issue was the EMF and so what uh, the solution that our engineers found was to make a uh, since the device is completely custom therefore everything can be changed uh, they changed the the whole shielding of every piece except the EMF meter so that uh, all of those pieces are not going to interfere with the EMF functioning well for the rest of the devices uh, another example could be the, uh, the the temperature detector you might argue that having uh, so many stuff inside of uh, of a single device can reduce the accuracy of the temperature sure, detector yeah. It's going yeah, to heat up the device. Structure, sure. They study the structure in such a way that it's going to have grids that are going to allow the airflow to permit to have uh, uh, no contamination whatsoever based on heat. So the thing is, um, we are not doing the technical stuff. We are leaving it to people that actually know the thing. Well, that's that's a great way to do it because, uh, like I said, you know, if we you have amateur ghost hunters like us starting to mess around with stuff, that's when it causes all kinds of problems. But how did uh, you know Massimo and John together both decide what functionalities they wanted to see on board with the Ghost Ark? Perché avete deciso quali funzionalità da mettere sul dispositivo? Beh, perché perché io andavo sempre con il misuratore di temperatura col misuratore del campo magnetico e a volte andavo anche col misuratore della pressione, col barometro, oltre che con il registratore e, e con la telecamera. Quindi ho pensato che avrei dovuto poter riunire questi strumenti in uno, tralasciando ovviamente per esempio i sensori di movimento, perché ovviamente se io sto camminando i sensori di movimento squillerebbe sempre ho scelto quelle funzioni che potevano eh, significare la presenza di, di un'entità yeah so uh, the thing is uh, the, the decision was based on the on his own habits like he watched the, the equipment that he was used to use daily which was emf meters ghost boxes evp recorders ambient and pressure uh, detectors and he simply said i will want to have those in one equipment Uh, uh, he didn't be as ambitious as wanting to have the camera, a camera inside, because he knew that like uh, that's that would be extremely complicated to have a, a good quality camera inside of a, such a small device. 
So like he decided to left out the camera and the movement grid because the thing is, if you want to use a detector, you are probably going to be moving. So why would you have a laser grid on, inside of it if you're going to be moving with it? Because if it's a, a sensor-based um, uh, laser grid, it's going to always get uh, you know turned on by the fact that you're uh, moving constantly. Therefore, uh, there was no point in having that. I have a question. Yeah. Is it able to be expanded to use as a uh, triggering device? In other words, if you set one of the applications to go off and trigger, say, like a camera, if you have it connected to like a camera, can you use it like that, a triggering device? Say the EMF meter goes off. And That's then- a some question. Quello che ha detto è che è possibile uh, far sì che il dispositivo funzioni da attivatore per una videocamera, per esempio, per cui se il dispositivo bippa, la videocamera si attiva allora questa è, una, questa è una funzione e possiamo già dirlo che il nostro ingegnere ha predisposto già il device per applicare degli add-on che noi andremo a sviluppare in seguito e tra cui questa può essere una delle opzioni quelle che grazie a loro riceveremo che ci diranno saranno loro a dirci cosa vogliono in più noi andremo a realizzare determinati add-on su quelli di più richiesta yeah that, that's actually a great uh, feedback from you because the thing is uh, the ghost arc is going to have a slot uh, that is going to allow for uh, uh, expansions and uh, good uh, so it's already planned to have uh, expansion but the thing is this one comes new to us and it's actually intriguing to think about and uh, based on the on how many people are going to ask for uh, for it we we can uh, give a photo on building it yeah it's uh, the development of the ghost work has been signed by public feedback uh, many of the features like the reverse uh, and the slow the uh, function on the playback or even having the pressure detector they were all um added after having the first alpha stage of the development and that's because we actually realized from the feedback of our of the community that the, those were uh, something that that was of interest to them well did you just say that you're going to actually have the reverse playback function yeah it's already yeah yeah you can listen uh, uh normal slow down reversed and reversed while slowed down and I remember the one thing that I asked you guys about a couple of weeks ago when we, when we talked beforehand was w- with the ability, and we should mention this too, that not only are you able to record EVP on the Ghost Arc device, but you're able to listen real time as it's happening. So it'll yeah. also replace your real time EVP recorder. I had mentioned the possibility of inserting a delay because some people like to work with a delay. Is that something you think you'd be able to work in or, or something to look uh, for future models? I think it's software-based, like the delay would be software-based and therefore can, could be programmed maybe in a future update. I'm not sure if it's going to be in released, but I guess it's technically possible to have it. Because I remember mentioning it to you, and the one thing that I forgot to, to mention is that in terms of the paranormal field, when we have these delays, these playback delays, we want it to come not from the microphone, but come from what's being recorded on the sound card, because the, on, on the memory card, because the idea is that they imprint on the memory uh, as opposed to just saying it within the air. So that that's just something to keep in mind if you do add it, that it should be coming playback from the memory card as opposed to just from the microphone. Yeah. Quello, uh, let me translate for a second. Sure. Quello che dice è che uh, il fatto è che loro non vorrebbero sentire l'audio del microfono, mm-hmm. ma vorrebbero sentire l'audio della memory card, cioè quindi l'audio già trasformato, perché c'è la possibilità che non sia trasformato dalla cupola elettrica del microfono, ma dai contatti della memory card. 
per cui pensa che se ascolti un playback dell'EVP con un ritardo sarebbe meglio se venisse dalla scheda e non dal microfono guarda questa è una cosa molto interessante e potrebbe essere che riusciamo a integrarla già in questa prima versione in ogni caso se non è possibile integrarla basterà aggiornare il firmware perché è una questione di software questa glielo puoi già spiegare e quindi sarà possibile yeah technically this is already possible because the, the hardware it's going to allow it and uh, I guess based on the on the, on the request of, of the community we can, uh, we can actually have it made uh, by upgrading the firmware So it might not be available as of release date, but it's surely possible as of uh, future updates. Excellent. Uh, actually, thank you for the feedback. That's, that's really interesting. Well, I mean, I, just, I know what the people in the field have, have been asking for, and I see, because we do the Legend Trips events, I see what everybody comes with, and what they're showing off is like their shiny new device, and, and they can't wait to use. So I have an idea. I get a pulse of what it is that people want to work with in terms of equipment. But it seems like with Ghost Ark, you guys have covered it all, and, and just I just want to give everybody that's listening a quick rundown. You have the Ghost Box, which is your uh, ability to frequency sweep, AM, FM, and shortwave, real-time recording, adjustable speeds. Uh, you can also record just straight EVP with two high-sensitivity microphones, which is key. So many of these recorders that people are using are only single microphone. Uh, yeah, you have- also the microphone is, uh, goes from 15 hertz, so it's 5 uh, hertz uh, more sensible than a common microphone. Excellent. And, and you'll be able to listen to that live and have visual waveform monitoring. And that records in wave format, you were saying? Yeah. Uh, native, no, uncompressed wave format. Does it include a decibel meter in it? Decibel meter? Nel playback, c'è il, il caso dell'audio? Sì, sì. sì. C'è il decibel? L'intensità? Sì, sì, sì anche sì. Nel, nel playback. Ah, nel visual, perché è visual. È visual. Sì, sì, sì. Anche nel playback può rivedere. Yeah, you, you're going to see the, the intensity of the sound wave because okay, uh, yeah. the visual monitoring uh, allows it. Okay. And uh, you'll also have the opportunity to use it uh, for a white noise generator as well. Uh, you can also have, it'll be taking EMF, electromag- electromagnetic field measurement, which also has uh, the multicolored light display as well, like you would see on a K2 meter, so that you'll not only be able to see the numerical representation of the EMF fluctuation, but you'll also get to see the lights light up. You know, so when you're walking around with your K2 and you're saying, if there's somebody here, can you make this light light up? You can do the same thing with the ghost arc. You can also get the temperature and the fact that the entire device has like a night vision glow to it to make it easier to see, but I really it's like... It's illuminated. I, I love this great feature that's part of the temperature gauge that there's a hot and cold spot detection with LED indicators. So it visually will let you know if you need to pay attention because the temperature has either spiked or dropped a significant value. Yeah. Also, you're going to be able to program the device so that uh, it's going to notify you by beeping and uh, by the, you know, those two lights if there's uh, changes in the temperature. I, I guess also in the... I cambiamenti sono anche nella pressione ambientale e negli MF, eh? i suoni? Um, per la temperatura l'MF, meter, sì, perché mettiamo due suoni eh, diversi. diversi, però per non creare neanche troppa confusione e anche perché è l'ultimo che abbiamo inserito, per ora non ci sarà l'avvisatore sonoro per la pressione, ma per la temperatura l'MF meter, sì, ed è attivabile, yeah. è una cosa che uno può decidere se averla o no. So, basically, the... Um... You're going to have the, the two LEDs for the temperature, whether it's a hot or a cold spot. And also, since you're going to have those LEDs on top of the device for the EMF, but you're also going to be able to program a audio uh, alert sound 
if there's a variation in the EMF or if there's a variation in the temperature. And those two are going to have different sounds, so you cannot mess them up. But you can turn them off, too, if you so choose. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Like They are uh, completely customizable. There's one other item I'd like to know if it would be possible to put in. Yeah. I, I've used these on various... Uh, Investigations. I have no other people that use them quite regularly. The small, you know what the seismometer is? Seismometer? It is like uh, it detects, you know, footsteps and um, what they use to detect earthquakes. Ah, lo strumento che determina i terremoti. Ah, no, no, no. Il geofono. Ah, no, il geofono è no, ancora, no. ancora no, però sarà una di quelle applicazioni di terze parti che, che potranno cercare. Volevamo ancora tenerlo, tra virgolette, segreto, visto che ce l'ha <laughs> posto. Sarà una di quelle di quegli yeah. add-on che faremo sicuramente. Yeah, yeah. This, comes, this comes new even to me, but uh, uh, as, a, um, as an, um, an uh, external application attachable to the device, so as an additional slot, you're going to be able to attach that kind of tool and it's already being in the progress and anche, in the making. You can also say that the device has predisposed the device for this one and then for other ones that we have secrets. Yes, so there's like uh, a few secret sockets inside of the device, like uh, I mean uh, like in the chip and, um, and those are going to be unveiled in the future. Not even I am aware of those. And, uh, <laughs> but the device comes with, uh, uh, I think, four holes. You can plug in headphones, microphones, uh, an antenna for the ghost box if you want. And also uh, it has this slot for uh, additional features that are going to be uh, produced and sold uh, in another in a later stage. Excellent. Well, we are coming up uh, on the end of the hour, and, and just so you know that when we do uh, hit the end of the hour, we have to take a break here for the news. Uh, that'll give you guys a little bit of a chance to, to take a break, get a drink or whatever, and then we'll connect back with you in about six minutes' time, and then we can finish off the final hour. And one of the questions that I know that everybody's asking out there is, how can they find out more about this? And the easiest way, of course, is to go to ghostark.com, ghostark.com, and they can follow you guys on Twitter, at ghostark underscore device. And uh, the, the big question that I keep hearing from everybody that's asking this, and we're seeing it up on Twitter and all that, how much is it going to be and when can they get it? All right. So uh, we actually told uh, already in the Hangout that uh, um, we're going to have the devices shipped in September. So they're going to be ready in September. Um, we are going to have uh, pre-orders uh, that, that we're going to offer a discount for for one month. Uh, before the releasing the device. And uh, lastly, we're going to have functional prototypes being sent to people for review, uh, already chosen people, in May. So in May, they are going to see the reviews of the prototypes. Uh, before September, there's going to be a pre-sale for the device that is going to be discounted. And then at September, the device will actually start shipping. And you can sign up for it. Just go to ghostark.com, and you can find the little spot right there uh, to be able to put in your email address. And, and you're find going out all to the see updates. the price tag there also. Yes, and so everybody go to the website. You can find out all that information, and you can find out more about the device while we take the break for the news. Uh, you can check it out and look it up. And if anybody has any questions during the course of the discussion, you can call in 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Have your opportunity to ask the questions directly to the Ghost Arc team, and then yeah, you, you can... Yeah. 
uh, you can also tweet them to us as well. You can tweet them using the hashtag SpookyLive or especially using the hashtag AskGhostArc. And then we'll, we'll be able to see the questions and share them on the air. So, again, we do have to take a break for the news, and uh, we'll have the guys hang on for just a few minutes. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk more about GhostArc. We'll talk more about what we can expect from the device, including once you gather all this information, what can you do with it from there? So we'll talk about that coming up as well. And I had mentioned the the, uh, the fact that they are going to allow us to be uh, some of the beta testers for this, and we'll bring it to a Legend Trips event and show people how you can actually cover all the devices that you're carrying around with you in the palm of your hand in just one device. And uh, and we'll see what that means coming up in the next hour as well for, for battery power. Because that was the number two question yeah, that yeah. I had, and the number one question that Moniz had when we first started discussing this is, how much battery power is it going to take? So we'll talk about that coming up as well. Again, if you have any questions, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Follow us on Twitter, at SpookySC. Follow the guys on Twitter, the Ghost Art team, at GhostArc underscore device. And you can tweet your questions out using the hashtag SpookyLive or the hashtag AskGhostArc. And you can also email them to us as well, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. So we'll be back in just a few minutes with more Spooky South Coast here on the new 1420 WBSM. Back to Spooky South Coast, hour number two. Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz. Again, the silent assassin Matt Costa and Stephanie Burke. Not with us tonight, but hopefully the gang will all be back together next week for the Legend Trips event yeah. that's happening at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. Uh, hopefully uh, everybody can make it to that. And we had some tickets that came available because people wanted to sell them, and, and people were looking to... Um, kind of have to see if he wants to... Uh, yeah, exactly. They were looking to see if they could um, move them because they can't make it for various other reasons. Well, I found out, happy to say, that one group is actually going to be able to make it. So as of right now, we have two tickets that people are trying to resell. And Does that include room? I'm trying to think. Uh, I think I still have the Andrew and Abby suite available for 175 which that comes with its own that's bathroom. A, yeah, that's a... So you would think some, somebody's going to take that for sure, but the, we'll find out because there's a couple of people that have messaged me and said that they're interested. But if you want to get in line, in case they do, they are interested. They're 135 dollars each, and we have uh, we'll have two left. I think I think that's going to be all that it'll be. Getting a little confused here, but I think it'll just be the two. Uh, so if you go to, well, just email me, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com, and that'll put you in place. I'll let you know what place you're in in line, and if you're interested, you can get them. If not. We'll have plenty of other great Legend Trips events coming up this year. You can just go to legendtrips.com to find out how to sign up for those. If you get on the email list, you get first crack of tickets before they go on sale. So we're planning some other cool events for the rest of this year, a lot of places that we've never been to before. So you definitely want to sign up for that so that you can get the tickets first. And speaking of first, we're talking about the Ghost Arc device tonight, which is going to be available later on this year for the first time ever. And we have the team from Ghost Arc joining us. Uh, they're calling us all the way from Italy, where, you know, it's <laughs> it's already early Sunday morning over there. But we have uh, Massimo Rossi, we have his son John Rossi, and we have uh, Alessandro Valinari, who are the, the team that are behind the Ghost Arc. And 
guys, uh, you know, as we're talking about this, a lot of questions are popping up, uh, not only on Twitter, which people can send their questions out using the hashtag AskGhostArk, or using the hashtag SpookyLive, or they can call in 508-996-0500 or 877-996-1420. But we're having questions popping up in the studio between the two of us. One of the questions that we wanted to ask was the ability, if you're looking at the device, which you can see on ghostarc.com, and you can actually see pictures of the device itself, you have all these knobs, and we'll get into the knobs themselves, but you have all these knobs to be able to make various adjustments to what kind of uh, EVP mode you want to use, what kind of uh, frequency you want to use. But can you turn those options off? Is it going to be that the EMF detector is always running, that the temperature is always running, or do you have the opportunity to pick and choose which you want to use? You need that for Spain, really. Yes, actually, it's the important thing, the settings, no volendo, li può anche spegnere. Per EMF per le luci in tasto. Per le luci, per se dà fastidio le luci, le può spegnere. Però comunque se le vuole disabilitare può farlo direttamente dai yeah. setting. Però ricordati c'è anche la funzione data, che è una cosa che abbiamo voluto sviluppare. Yeah, so uh, you can uh, turn off the, the, the functions by accessing the settings. Um, uh, other functions such as the, the light and the EMF that comes to mind, you can turn them off by pressing the button. And uh, the thing is the main knob is the, the way you navigate the device. Like if you want to just record the data, you turn it to the option of data. If you want to use it as a digital recorder, you just turn EVP mode and it's going to start recording. If you want to sweep radios, then you need the other two knobs which are used for the exclusively for the uh, ghost box mode. So uh, does that answer your question? That answers one. Can you use one function to activate another? Say you have an EMF set to a level. Once the EMF goes to that level, can you get it to turn on the recorder? So the point being so that you're not listening to hours of noise or nothing in the EVP for EVPs, it's only triggered when there's a possible EMF reason to have a, a reason to listen to it. Uh-huh. Quello che dice è che chiede se tu puoi far sì che quando legge un, una variabile interessante nell'EMF accende il recorder digitale. No, l'accende tu. No, questo è una, diciamo che è una funzione che sì, abbiamo vediamo. anche valutato, ma per una questione di non andare a creare funzioni troppo elaborate anche perché vorremmo tenere una certa semplicità all'inizio abbiamo voluto mantenere un certo tipo di funzioni però se vediamo poi col tempo che la gente prende bene cioè riesce a capire certe cose noi possiamo eh, ampliarle però per una questione di semplicità e di utilizzo per essere più orizzontali stiamo cercando di tenere la cosa più semplice possibile per arrivare a tutti so the first value behind the ghost arc is accessibility and ease to use and that's the main reason why although we had we had studied that kind of function we did not implement it as of right now because what we focused on when developing the product was that it needs to be simple to use for everybody but at the same time it, it needs to have enough depth so that you will actually um will actually be able to use it even if you are experienced and you're going to get more out of it than uh, by using different devices. So you're, you yeah. could eventually make a pro version. You got 
one for the regular person, and then you get somebody that's a little bit more experienced. You could probably make a pro version with a little more features. That, that was actually one of my ideas to have the, the pro version. Probably have a sign up after the, the release of the first device and then understand uh, how many people will be interested in that. Yeah, well, yeah I was thinking Certainly about something, that. Something uh, up for debate. I mean, uh, we are completely open to uh, well, uh, everybody's feedback. Well, you got other people backing you here, so. <laughs> The, the the good thing about it is, you know, as as um, as Moniz is asking the question, I'm thinking to myself, that would probably freak out some people who are like new to device, new to investigation to have the device turn itself on and in certain situations to fire off certain functionalities, and and I'm forgetting about how because I'm thinking about all the experienced people that are going to be clamoring to get their hands on this, and I'm forgetting the aspect of how easy it will be to use for somebody who is brand new to be able to have all of these options right at their fingertips. So you'll be able to jump into the paranormal pool, so to speak, and, and this will be a good flotation device for you. Yeah, because yeah, the thing is you can get it extremely complex, but complex, uh, um, it's somewhat of a hard thing to deal with. And uh, the main focus for us right now is accessibility and ease to use. And that's why even for the data function, like the data function is going to be spot on. Like you're going to record data each second from each meter, which means that you're going to get 1,200 data in 20 minutes pl- uh, per free. So it's going to be a lot of data. Nobody's going to ever watch those. You're going to need to use some software to analyze it. Mm-hmm. And instead of having to study the statistics and all the, uh, the complicated math behind statistics, what we're going to do is have you simply have the file and upload it to the website and you're going to have a visual representation of the data that it's going to actually be meaningful to you. So then you can kind of see where you had uh, certain spikes in activity and, and you can see and, cr- and see where they cross each other and be able to have uh, more of a layout of when things were going down. Exactly. Uh, to add to that, when you're playing only the data function, there's going to be an oscilloscope which is going to be similar to the uh, audio spectrum, but instead it's going to show how the data in real time are uh, intertwining and uh, combining between themselves. Interesting. And, and it'll make it a lot easier because when you know when you come home from an investigation, you, you're tired, you're worn out, you're zapped because you know you're giving your energy. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. You're you're giving energy off when you're investigating, and when you come home, the tendency is to put the stuff aside and then go back and worry about investigating it later and, and, and analyzing it later. And sometimes people wait too long. But if you can come home and just simply download it all or upload it all to this website and have it ready for you, then it saves that. That feeling of, oh, man, now i got to go through all this because it will be right there waiting for you. So they have a cloud type of uh, network thing? These devices upload into a server and you view it through that? Or do you get software that you load to your computer? Yeah, uh, John, uh, John is going to explain this in detail. della web application sui due livelli. Esattamente. Il primo livello, chiaramente, vogliamo ricordare che è completamente gratuita permette di uploadare questo file e di vedere i dati. So uh, we're going to have two levels of the uh, in terms of web application. The first level is going to be basic and free and simply consists of having you upload the, the data file and you're going to see visually the data as in infographics. La seconda fase di avere un'area privata personale in cui gestire non solo le infografie ma anche i file audio e, com- e combaciare in real time gli stessi dati con i file audio e fare analisi più approfondite. 
and on a on another level and it's something that it's not going to be out on relays of the device the plan that we have for the web application is to have you uh, being able to both upload the data file and the audio file and the uh, the service is going to show you a meaningful uh, situation in both of them and how they interact between each other poi avrà un'altra cosa da dire che addirittura noi faremo un sistema di machine learning per cui le persone all'inizio che lo utilizzeranno per eh, aumentare il gain, comunque elaborare il file audio, insegneranno al nostro sistema come farlo e faremo dei preset per fare in modo che anche le persone che non hanno grossa conoscenza possano fare questo tipo di lavoro. So you're going to have a cloud service that's going to give you a personal space for, a, a, for storing your data. But the thing is, we're also going to focus on you being able to manipulate the audio file inside of the web service. And uh, to put it on a next level, we plan on implementing machine learning systems inside of the application so that by time with people using it, the application it's going to by itself learn what people tend to use and create uh, some kind of standards processing that it's going to then be uh, keep on uh, improve, uh, being improved on by uh, people actually using it. Excellent. I like that idea that it's not going to be just something that you buy once and then you know you, you kind of master it and then it becomes something that you get bored with almost. It's going to have the opportunity to be something that you can – it'll grow with you as you grow as an investigator, which I think is, uh, is really key. Now, will people be able to share their data in the network with other people? Yeah, that will be that will be awesome. That's that's almost definitely going to be there. Like, I don't see a reason why it wouldn't be there. That's yeah. going to be there. Like, obviously, we first need to get it down to a high quality audio service storage cloud, and then we're going to obviously give the the. That's that's the dream, you know, getting sure. a community of people sharing the the research and the potrebbe essere anche un qualcosa che diventa anche Yeah, it could also lead to a community of people actually sharing their information to Yeah, to uh to make an example as if tra, uh, as in trello.com, it could be a way of sharing information between people and actually work together to increase this field of knowledge. Yeah, we call that science. Yeah, of course, science. It's weird to actually have people working together in the paranormal. But one thing that you should, if I can make a suggestion for that service, is that you should be able to, uh, in terms of databasing it, you should make it so that it will actually keep track based on location. So that everybody that goes to one location using a Ghost Arc device, you can call up and see what kind of, uh, what kind of results many different people got in the same location and see what kind of uh, you know you know similarities that you have in, in the yeah, data collected. That's, that's awesome. Well uh, the like hard part of John well look at that che lui consiglia di indicizzare i dati per la local location così che una persona che va nello stesso posto e ha i dati possono effettivamente fare uno screening insieme. Molto interessante. That's that's eh, awesome. Eh, Thank you. That's really interesting to, to eh, think eh, about. Eh, e devo essere sicuro che è una cosa che noi non avevamo no, pensato, ma questa è una cosa yeah, che... That's, that's new, uh, new to our minds, but that, that's so, 
it's so cool to do. Well, it's just, it's great because you know we've had all these ideas over the years, and it's finally the devices here that can help implement some yeah. of those ideas. So it's uh, you know this is just a, a a result of you guys creating the technology that will allow some of these ideas to actually come to fruition. And uh, it, usually the the talk with us is always that it's the investigators that are standing in the way of being able to have more of this collection of the data, but with this device, essentially, you found a way to kind of el- eliminate the investigator from having to be part of that, and and they're just utilizing this in the field, and then the device itself is creating, you know, this kind of standard across the board. There we go. Yeah. Well, uh, awesome. getting back to the physical device itself, uh, yeah. and, and the question that a lot of people have been asking about this when I've talked to them about it is, you know, what kind of size are we talking about? How big is this device going to be? Yeah, quanto grande? Like a phablet. Uh, uh, so like an iPhone 6 Plus, like a G- Galaxy Note yeah, like 4? like an iPhone 6 Plus. So that's not bad at all. That's something that people can easily hold in their hand. How about battery power? Yeah, battery power. <laughs> we love the battery power. La batteria, allora, volevo spiegare una cosa. La batteria consentirà di avere un'ottima autonomia e soprattutto di essere ricaricata con un caricabatterie in modo da non doverla acquistare più che altro yeah. si consiglia l'acquisto di una seconda batteria per poterla right. avere per poterla cambiare ma comunque avrà un'ottima è stata studiata per avere una, 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 una durata per una, per una buona sessione quindi dalle 3 alle 4 ore so first of all the battery is going to be inside of the device so uh, you don't need to buy batteries you can just plug the ghost arc to uh, the power and recharge it, uh, which actually comes to the answer that I gave before. The Ghost Truck is going to have five or six uh, uh, sockets. I, I almost lost count. Anyway, the, the battery uh, is going to be um, easily changeable, and that's why we actually suggest to buy two batteries. But at the same time, uh, the, the duration of the battery is going to be so that if you were to have the device completely going like sweeping while recording the data while showing the lad while making making sounds and using the speakers and uh with the retro illumination on it's going to last about three hours and a half wow that's that's really good so if you pick up a second battery that should pretty much get you through any investigation or yeah we we made a a promise a few uh months ago i think a couple months ago we uh maybe a month ago we promised to have the battery be easily uh, changeable because we fi- we thought you have the the, the device and uh, and then you go you have this wonderful device but uh, an entity sucks the energy of it mm-hmm. and you're screwed so we actually made it so that although you're going to have the you know the battery inside of the device it's going to be easily changeable in less than six seconds how about charging do you can you put it on like a regular uh, cell phone charger or plug in it into a wall so about the compatibility, I'm going to answer you uh, once uh, uh, okay. the engineers will spoke about it. But I think uh, uh, it's going to be made for the U.S., so we're actually going to have an adapter for Europe. So it's going to be tuned in for electrical current of U.S. Okay. And and you'll be able to utilize it while it's plugged in as well, so if you want to run it off, off the AC power, you could do so? Mentre attaccato lo si ricarica va. Ah, beh, certamente. Yeah, sure. Sì. 
come un telefono come yeah as a, as a cell phone uh, that's, that's normal right yeah that's a pff, if I'm home my yeah, cell phone's plugged in for granted yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, and, and one of the other great things about the physical design, we talked a little bit about the the night vision aspect of it. The fact that it glows, it looks like something out of Tron. Yeah. So when and you when actually, you sorry, I was gonna say when you're using it in the dark, you'll be able to see all of the buttons and all the functionalities very easily. Yeah, and you're actually going to be even more surprised because we are actually tweaking the device, uh, the design a bit to make it even more captivating and. Uh, more aggressive. Uh, yeah, more aggressive. Uh, we're going to change uh, the the way the knobs looks to even reflect more light and to be, uh, you know, more uh, shining. And um, there's there's actually a cool story. The, um, the device itself, like the idea of having uh, this kind of uh, lights, and uh, which are actually non-intrusive to research. But the 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 way they came about it was that John used to do the DJ, and so they look similar to a, a DJ tool. Because he used to do it, and he was used to uh, having to work in the night, and so I mean in low uh, low light uh, low light condition, and so uh, he was used to having knobs and uh, knobs that glowed, so that he would be able to actually see them in the dark. And I love I love that idea. Story behind it. I love having knobs because knobs I can manipulate in the dark. Buttons I can't see what I'm doing, but knobs I can feel and I can move, and it works a lot better. And I think that people will be glad that uh, that that's the design that it went with. It, yeah, it's also going to have switches. Oh, really? So I mean, it's it's pretty much got everything <laughs> that you need right there. Yeah, because because you're going to be able to run the ghost box uh, in the normal way and in the reverse way, and uh, we're going to have a switch for that because it's uh, you know it's. It has a better feeling than having a button, so the, the switch totally works with that. And another thing is that the ghost box part is automatic. You don't have to sketch it to start. It's automatic. Yeah, since the ghost arc is completely custom, also the ghost box, you're not going to have to turn on the device and then start the ghost box. But if you were to have the knob turned into the uh, radio sweep mode, whenever you turn on the device, it's going to start sweeping immediately. Because we we completely remove the the you know the listening to the radio aspect of the device because that's not meant for it, like this is meant for doing something else. Right? Yeah, you're not you're not worried about tuning in you know WBSM and hearing the Spooky South Coast show over your ghost arc. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we're gonna make an app for that. <laughs> Well, now that you mention it, but the uh, no, what, I do like the fact that when you have this going, like it's almost like it's been designed to be foolproof. That if you're looking at the design on GhostArc.com, you know exactly what it is that you're doing. It's not like some of these other devices where you have to figure out what what mode to put it in. You have to figure out how to make it do this. I mean, it's laid out right there for you. You almost yeah. don't even need an instruction manual, but I'm sure you'll have one anyway. Yeah, the thing is, uh, um, I hope that to be true for everybody. Because you gotta remember, you yourself have experience in the paranormal, and therefore you instantly resonate with the device, because this is made from a, a paranormal researcher with over 30 years overlooking on the on the development, and therefore it's going to be made from a in a paranormal investigator for paranormal investigators. And what we hope to have uh, achieved with the de- this device is that even a person that has no clue whatsoever on how the device works. Just by playing around with the main knob, is going to probably be able to understand how it works. Well, I think that uh, you know, if if somebody is thinking about getting involved in this or, or is, is 
getting involved and trying to figure out what devices they want to have. I have people all the time that ask me, you know, what are the things that I have to go out and get? Uh, what are the things that I have to have in my toolbox if I'm going to go out and investigate? And this is the one device that you can say, well, if you get this, you can start and you'll be ready to go. But also it's something that you can lean on and always have with you uh, no matter how experienced you are. Yeah, that was exactly our goal. And Moni, you had a question? Well, yeah. I, well, as a scientist, um, my my work is in analytical chemistry, okay? Yeah. And I deal with very sophisticated devices, in particular mass spectrometry and uh, high-performance liquid chromatography. Yeah. What I'm looking at with this is a standardized piece of equipment that that can be used in a scientific study because it's standardized and and we know its development we know what it it will record uh data appropriately why not make a large-scale study why not when you sell this give a little basically sop follow this procedure this little procedure this little procedure and when you're done upload your data to our our cloud storage and you can create a, a basically a worldwide official scientific study of the paranormal because you have a standardized piece of equipment because that's yeah. the problem with most uh, uh, ghost uh, ghost uh, research is everybody's using different pieces of equipment and that with little knowledge of how the stuff works this is already a standardized piece of equipment so we have a known that can be quantified and then we can add the data to it and then make decisions from a known device yeah that's 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 really what i what i hope for with this device that's why i actually we had a lot of debates about the data function because honestly you could argue that having the data function is somewhat somewhat of, of a plus like who's of of all the people who's going to actually look into the data like and that's why we actually fought in the beginning to have a, like a, a recording of the data every 30 seconds. But the thing is, I think that since we are committed to excellence, since we have the best tools with the budget, since we have the best way to integrate it, we have professionals, there are engineers that do know, know their stuff. Like I wouldn't be able to create a ghost work. I'm not the one making it. The engineer is actually making it. But I, I, I simply ask this, to have the data function record each second. And therefore, like I'm proud of this. I hope that this thing, the, the ability of recording each second, is actually going to give uh, somewhat of an analytical base to make statistical research and actually find a way to find some correlation in those data. I, that's, my, that's my highest hope, honestly. As a scientist, I can tell you that is appropriate. If you and, have that amount of data, you you have enough to work with. And as a paranormal investigator, I can tell you that it eliminates the problem of when stuff starts going down and you realize, oh, wait a minute, I forgot to turn this on, <laughs> which has happened happened plenty of times. So this way here, all you have to do is press one button and you're ready to go and, and you'll be able to document everything that's going on. Yeah. So now, when this does start to ship out, I mean, uh, obviously you had mentioned that some people will be beta testing this, and they'll be reviewing it, and then hopefully you'll be able to utilize uh, some of what they're doing with it out in the field and create kind of, uh, you know, some, some video for people to see it out in action and, and to see the results and to kind of have an idea already of what it can do before it ships out to other people. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, I, I'm sure that you guys, though, right now are testing different functionalities yourselves. And, and being in Italy, you've got, you know, you you have the chance to go to some pretty haunted places out there. Yeah, actually, Massimo went to Povelia by himself. <laughs> by himself, completely. Yeah, by himself. He, wow. uh, he paid a friend with the with a little boat, and he got taken to the island, and he went by himself. I thought it was restricted. Yeah, I just went, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, Ghost, Ghost uh, Arc is successful enough that Massimo can buy Provelia now that it's for sale. Well, uh, <laughs> that was my proposal a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the perfect testing ground for all the new uh, new equipment. But wow! So did he did he have any type of a prototype of this with him, or did he just go yeah. with some of his other stuff? It's, a, it's an interesting story because he had all the uh, let's call it the the sensors. But he had no shell. Like the shell for the device was a wooden box. So he was by himself in the dark, in the cold, in Povelia with a wooden box. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of funny, but he actually recorded a few EVPs. So, wow. Yeah, he's not scared. That's what he always said. Like he always said that fear cannot lead research because if fear is leading the research, then you're going to have a scattered mind. Well, you need to be focused. And so by his own experience, he learned to avoid fear because he, he also in his own experience, fear is a form of giving out energy and you don't want to give out energy to someone that wants it or might want it. And therefore, um, he's not scared. Like he could go to Povelia alone. For him, it's what, not a big deal. I was going to say, if we go over there, can he take us? <laughs> if you want to take the chance. Sure. But, See, but se vengono loro, ci vai con loro, Povelia. I, I can come with you too. Yeah, like, well, we'll make it a team effort. Well, we can organize. What what I what I said the the more I learned about Massimo and the more I learned about his research and, and the way and his approach to things, I basically said this guy's the Italian Matt Moniz. <laughs> so I I knew that you you guys would be kindred spirits, the two of you. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, the thing is, Povelia is not even the the most haunted place in Venice. Oh, what would that? What would that be? Yeah, it's the old Lazaretto, Lazaretto Vecchio, which was a a, a leper colony. Yeah. And Cadario, which is a that's a it's called a, like uh, the Dario building, which is actually owned by American uh, real estate people. And the thing is, uh, whoever lived inside of that. A house for more than 20 years either suicide or lose their money or uh, kill themselves or died of uh, atrocious death wow it's a, a 13 uh, 1300 century uh, building what, what's the paranormal field like over there i mean is is there a, a vibrant community there that that massimo can be part of or is it something that's kind of done independently you know one person at a time uh, you mean uh, the the community uh, if Massimo has a ghost hunting group? Yeah. Is there a lot of other people that are investigating the paranormal over there, or is it kind of, you know, just a few yeah. people here and there? It's not comparable. The in Italy indietro rispetto a loro cioè ci sono delle comunità ma siamo molto siamo poco aiutati cioè ci guardano spesso con un occhio estremamente 
come si può dire, poco, poco gentile, quindi non c'è neanche molta possibilità di andare a fare ricerche perché si ha paura, perché no, si ha paura addirittura di una pubblicità contraria, addirittura noi abbiamo notato che da loro a volte andare a fare una, 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 un'investigazione diventa una pubblicità, da noi diventa una pubblicità contraria. Yeah, the thing is, uh, like, let's call, uh, let's call it the mental attitude, like the thing is, um, from our own perceiving of Uh, life in the US people are actually willing to let you investigate their houses well because it might even bring publicity you know well in here it's like uh, the only thing that can come out of a paranormal investigation is bad publicity and so uh, people actually try and avoid it but I don't believe it's going to last that long because uh, there's, there's a movement in here and uh, we are um, we, we are just born a bit later than The a Venezia dice che sono due alberghi a 5 stelle, due alberghi a 5 stelle, che sono pieni di entità come le uova, ma la proprietà non vuole farlo sapere in giro minimamente. There's like two five star hotels in Venice, there are, uh, by Massimo's uh, uh, opinion, packed of entities and uh, the, uh, the proprietor of this place doesn't actually want anybody to know that. Yeah. yeah, and that's, you know, it sounds like uh, Italy is very similar to how America was before this glut of paranormal TV shows happened. So that's what you guys need over there. You need more paranormal TV shows. Yeah, are there any? We gotta, we gotta get it on the free TV, you know? No more cable. Well, you guys must, you guys must have ghost adventures and, and, and ghost hunters and shows like that coming over, right? Siamo in Italia nella canali gratis. No. Eh, noi li possiamo tra- vedere tramite un canale a pagamento. Yeah, we only got it via satellite, you know, by payment, uh, pay, pay channels. Well, but you... So there's actually no free, free ghost uh, adventures on, uh, on Italy, except for uh, like a local show, but it's... Uh, <laughs> well, there's a show called there's a show called Ghost Stalkers that you guys should probably get over there. It's really good. But uh, but I did see somewhere online that uh, you'll be working with one of these paranormal TV shows coming up. Yeah, we actually announced that we're going to be uh, be have the device featured on uh, on the second season of Ghost Asylum, and it's really a pleasure for us to to be able to announce it. And I'm very excited to see because those guys are uh, – I've been talking to some of those guys and, and seeing the way that they like to use equipment and seeing some of the way that they like to try to use science in, in their own way. Uh, I think that they'll be pretty good uh, ambassadors for the Ghost Ark project. Yeah, that's what, what we thought too. We put a lot of trust in them because we believe they are uh, they're willing to be honest about the device and, uh, and show promise, you know. And they're, they're getting into some places where you'll, you'll really be putting the device to the test. Yeah, Massimo wants to say that uh, all of ghost hunters in the world can finally uh, leave their uh, luggage in home and just take the ghost out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, that sounds great. Moni, did you have a question? I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, he answered what I was uh, about to ask. It, and, and when you're seeing this in action now, when you're seeing uh, you know Massimo go out and, and put these sensors to the test, and you're seeing what it can do, uh, it must make you g- get excited to be able to, to put this product product out there for the paranormal community. Are you going to market it solely to people that are interested in the paranormal, or is there a plan to try and and get people to develop an interest in the subject based on the device? Yeah, that's the that's the big debate. Like the first big debate we ever had about this device was about the price tag. 
Like I honestly believed that we could have had twice the price tag on this device and it would have sold the same number because I was thinking about this uh, niche. While instead, the purpose of Massimo is to have this tool in which you have no excuse. Like you, you are barely interested or curious about this, um, about paranormal investigation. There's no reason why you shouldn't take a ghost arc. Like you have no excuse. And so I, this is, uh, in his own way, is a way of opening this uh, kind of uh, field of knowledge to everybody. Interesting. Now, I've got a question. One of my other hobbies besides hunting ghosts is hunting UFOs. Have you guys thought about making something for that arena? That's interesting. A lui piace fare anche il discorso di cacciare gli UFO. Sì, allora fa tanti. Yeah, also Massimo did that. I think that uh, you do look for high-pitched audios. Do you do that? Yes. Like high-frequency audio. High-frequency so audio. You want high-frequency microphones. Also ELF, ultra-low-frequency. Ultra-low, so uh, wow. under 30. You fall. L'unica volta che penso di aver registrato voci aliene non erano sul subsuono, erano a cavallo tra il suono e l'ultrasuono. Yeah, uh, when uh, the only time that Massimo thinks he ever captured a, a UFO sound, he thinks he, um, at least it was placed between the, the audible and the ultra audible. So it was really high pitched, yeah. I mean, really high frequency. Ultrasonic. Ultrasonic, okay. Yeah. Ultrasound. A cavallo. Yeah, it was between the ultrasounds and the, the sounds. While the, the common EVP is found uh, between the, the normal sound and the sub-sound. Correct. But I'm just saying it's, a, it's another area. But we'll, that, that's going to be for another show, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's going to be something uh, <laughs> we can actually talk uh, in depth in another moment. Now, when, when this does finally ship out and people are putting it to use and, and putting it in the field and they're uploading it to the website, when everything is ready to go and, and it's cataloging all this data that's coming in, on your end, will you guys be monitoring all that data and, and seeing what, what type comes up? So, well, right. First of all, uh, I guess there's, there's going to be a few uh, privacy things. So we're going to have them maybe uh, delocated. But honestly, what I would want to focus on is understand the relation between EMF and EVPs. Like you, if we can find a mathematical relation, relation between those two, I think we're going to have a big discovery in this field. So I guess uh, that's going to be something that I will uh, really look at closely. Excellent. Now, one other question I have, uh, is, is this Windows or is it Apple compatible? Or, yeah, I know uh, that's going to be questions people are going to have. Yeah, it's point .wav. So if you have uh, the VLC audio player, which is the most common audio player in the world, you can listen to it. And at the same time, the, the data file, it's going to be .csv, which means that it's just a text file, and therefore it's compatible with all devices. Excellent. And, and I can see this is going to be something that people are starting to implement. Uh, you know, they'll be adding it to their, their, their 
laptop to their tablet to their cell phone. They'll be finding different ways to to connect it. And uh, and again, just a point that I'll make real quickly: if you're not using VLC player. You know, if you're not using that to play things back, then what's wrong with you? Because it works so great, and it's it's got <laughs> yeah. the best functionality. And there's a little plug. I, I, it can't really be considered a plug because it's free software. So yeah. it's not like I'm, you know, uh, making any money for them. Yeah. Anymore. Whenever whenever I get an issue with uh, any other player, I just run VLC, and it's always good. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the good thing about that too is by having it be not device specific. It allows you to get it out there faster to people and get it utilized more often, as opposed to like we're seeing this, this uh, the new FLIR One system, the thermal imaging that's supposed to be for your cell phone. You know, the iPhone people get it, and then the Android people have to wait, and it, or sometimes it goes the other way and it goes Android first, and then Apple has to wait. So by being able to release it out for everybody. It, it eliminates the hassle of people having to go out and get a new device to be able to utilize your device. Yeah, the, the the funny thing is that if we were to make it for a, a different like platform, we would have actually had to reduce the quality of the audio, because point .wav is for every uh, device. Well, if we were to use another uh, compressing format, we would actually both reduce the quality and restrict the people that could use it. So this was the best uh, solution: high quality audio for everybody. Yeah, yeah, that was the, the one of the first questions I had for you guys when you were talking about this and, and you told me that it records in, in wave and I said wave uncompressed wave first of all that's perfect that's exactly what we want but how are you going to be able to hold all that onto this device while you're running all these other functions as well but you guys have found a way to have the storage on board to be able to hold on to all that until you can you know download it slash upload it to to the computer <laughs> Yeah, the audio quality is going to be um, wave, wave, 16 bit, 16 bits, 44.100 kilohertz. kilohertz. But this is the default setting, which is actually changeable. Hmm. Oh, really? So you're going to be able to change it, but we don't Pero suggest changing it. CD quality. That's CD quality, so it's going to be really right. high quality. And uh, uh, we don't suggest it changing it due to uh, complication that you might have with memory or other issues. Now, can you expand the memory with the external devices? In other words, can you get like a small, you know, hard, external hard drive to plug it into if you want more storage to run it longer? Uh, so, um, uh, se può attaccare un dispositivo esterno per scaricare la memoria. Penso che ci vorrebbe un adattatore fatto custom. Ci vorrebbe un adattatore, ma di solito come si fa con i lettori, uno collega con la cavetta USB e scarica i dati. So I'm going to give you a couple of uh, information. So if you if we were to use that, we would have to uh, create a um, you know a, a plug that would be compatible to have this kind of tool. Uh, the way we are going to have the device be made is that it's going to have eight gigs of inside storage on a really fast uh, uh, drive, okay. and therefore it's going to be able to process all the data and have even uh, more memory so that we have, uh, you know, a acceptable threshold on it. And it's going to have 8 gigs, which, uh, uh, by making some estimates, it's going to be like... Quante ore sono di WAV? Tipo 10 ore? Sì, no, abbiamo fatto i calcoli perché dipende. Comunque, diciamo che per una serata può tranquillamente sfruttare. Yeah, it's going to be way more than what you will need for one day of uh, paranormal research. 
And uh, the thing is, <clears throat> we're going to have two memory slots. One that is going to be already filled with a... Solo per audio. Uh, only for the audio, and that's going to be already installed inside of the device. And there's this going to be an expansion socket that is going to be dedicated to the data function. So for people that don't really care about the data, they just want to have the device, they don't need to add another card. And on the other end, if you want the data function, you just plug in a, a, a SD card. Yeah. Yeah, an SD card, and uh, you get the data. And it's going to uh, save them uh, inside of that. Yeah, because we uh, reserved the, all the, the processing power for the first card inside of uh, for the audio. Okay. So that it's going to process everything. Because the thing is, when the device is running at max power, it's going to save three different point .wav files at the same time while recording data. And so uh, we needed to make sure that nobody could uh, uh, put a bad card inside of that for processing. Makes sense. So, so this thing could have put people on the moon <laughs> back in the sixties. But one of the questions that I, I think no, it actually has a teleport. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the yeah, beam us to Prevelia. But one of the one of the uh, questions that I think came up in the hangout, and this is something that I know one of our listeners had asked, and that was uh, about the ability to add a a um, a laser grid to the device. And I think you guys addressed it. That, that actually caused some issues. What up? Potrebbe essere uno di quei famosi add-on, però non, non, però non ti voglio, non te lo voglio dire ancora. Yeah, it might be one of those famous add-ons, but I don't want to actually state it. <laughs> okay, because I, I thought you guys were saying that you tried it and it caused an issue, but there's, there's no... The thing there's is, a... uh, um, you will not be able to fit it in inside of this device uh, at affordable cost with affordable practice right. and to ship it in this date, because we have a really... Uh, strict schedule and programming, and uh, we want to, uh, you know, show promise on every promise we we said. So uh, the the laser grid is something that we are thinking about. It's simply not going to be available when the e device anche, goes out. E anche perché se no, purtroppo, la la batteria che si dovrebbe andare a installare, cioè il device ha dimensioni ancora maggiori. Yeah, and you will also get a bigger battery due to the laser grid, or maybe. Uh, i don't know how, how we're going to address the issue. Once we decide if we are going to have this laser grid add-on, we're going to let you know how it's going to work out. Okay. Well, well, one of the things that I like about this device is that you can still set up your laser grid, you know, in the room, but now you have this that you can actually walk around with. So, you know, I, I'd rather not have the laser grid in my hand. I'd rather be putting it somewhere else so that I can go and explore whatever might be disrupting that laser grid. So, you know, I can see where some people might want them together, but I, I actually prefer to have them uh, separate. Make it an attachment. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants attachments, and everybody wants you know add-ons and all that stuff before you even before they've even had the actual device in their hand. They're worrying about what they can add to it later on. That was my first question when I heard about the thing expandable. <laughs> yeah, it also has a cooking oven detachable. <laughs> well, I was going to say, as a paranormal investigator, it seems like it can do everything I need on an investigation, except make me a cheeseburger at two a.m. when the whole thing's <laughs> over. We got you covered. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So, what, but when you are putting this device out there, when people are getting it in their hands, uh, when, when they do have the opportunity to uh, investigate with it for the first time, it will revolutionize things, and it will make it so that they can have everything they need in the palm of their hand. We're talking about how that will free you up in terms of uh, being able to 
you know, not have to carry around as much, but it's also going to free you up. One of the things that we're not really addressing here, it's going to free you up in terms of what you have to pay attention to. So now you'll be visually able to, because, you know, Jeff Belanger, our, our good friend, tells the story all the time about how people could be standing there with a ghost right in front of them, but they can't see it because they're too busy looking down at their devices. But now with the ghost arc, you'll be able to have that in your hand and still be able to be perceptive enough to see what's going on around you. Yeah, that's uh, that's a major point to be addressed. The thing is, if you think about it, how in the world, except with a data logger, would you be able to get all the variation from different instruments located in different places or even in front of you? Like you, you will need six eyes, I guess, to see all of that, and it's simply impossible. And I also believe that a big part of paranormal research is the part that you do when analyzing what you already uh, captured, because uh, like that's the real work. It's not going and uh, you know investigating. That's the fun part. But the scientific part, it's getting the data and uh, getting reliable data that are constantly being inputted and saved. That's 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 the issue that we actually covered with the data function. Is there anything uh, that when when people are are ordering this, when people are deciding that they want to get this, I mean, is there anything that you feel like uh, they shouldn't be expecting it to do? Is there anything that you want to warn them against, a feeling that, you know, it can do all this, but it won't do this? Is there anything that you feel like uh, people might have too high of an expectation of? Oh, I think uh, a few people think it's a DJ tool, so it's not a DJ tool. <laughs> it's a digital recorder. Uh, uh, radio sweeper. It detects EMF, temperature, and pressure, and uh, it looks cool. <laughs> That's it. And, and, and bottom line, really, like as much as people like to talk about the science behind the devices that they use, all they care about is that they look badass when they're walking around yeah, the dark. I, I need to tell you a story. I, uh, we received a tweet that said, um, "Ghost Ark looks amazing. Too bad it's crap. I will pay fifty dollar to get the case." <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, how do they know it's crap? That I guess. How do they how do they know it's crap? First of all, and second of all, when somebody drops it and breaks it, at least they know who they can sell it to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna attack this guy so you can sell your uh, broken ghost arc. <laughs> That's the thing. Like Gazelle.com has to figure out how to start taking these in and trading when people crack the screen. But is there going to be uh, an opportunity? You know, it's like say somebody does have it out in the field and and they drop it and the screen breaks. Are you guys going to be repairing these, or is it going to be just a matter of you know what the price point is low enough that you'll just be able to replace it with another one? Well, our our objective will be to be able to replace them if it's possible. Of course, uh, we need to have, uh, you know, uh, it's going to have a cost. We're going to uh, be really open about the costs, and uh, possibly we're going to have the opportunity of being them uh, of having them repaired in America. The thing is, we will want to teach uh, specific people how to do that. Like we will, we're planning on having every single uh, reseller, uh, distributor, repairer uh, being, uh, you know, uh, certified. So we need to know these people. You know? And I know that you guys have already you've already got a network in place of people in the United States that will be able to, to make this happen quickly when it does actually get released. It's not like you're going to have to wait months and months once they finally roll off the assembly line. They'll have they'll be in people's hands uh, definitely in time for the for the uh, fall ghost hunting season. You know, by the time people are out there in October going to all these events, they'll have a ghost arc in their hands. Yeah, that's uh, that's something we are going to show promise on. 
I might be able to help you out with the American repair because that's kind of like what I do for a living over here. I fix uh, high-tech pieces of lab equipment. This doesn't look that difficult. Yeah, awesome. Let's uh, let's keep this contact going on after the show. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm already thinking I got to go buy Rosetta Stone software for Moniz to learn Italian, so that <laughs> Massimo can have some conversations about UFOs. I'm, I'm fluent you, you in Latin. I'm the original Italian. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine the conversations that are going to be going on. Any of you guys speak Latin? Uh, I don't know. Massimo, per la. But Massimo do, does understand it, yeah. Yeah. but uh, I'm not sure if he can talk. Well, it's it's a dead language. You don't really speak it anymore, but yeah. Ho imparato a leggere le, le, le scritture antiche perché chiaramente guardando le pergamine questa cosa si è dovuto, c'è lui una conoscenza latino di base, diciamo, però nella sua esperienza di storico ha imparato a leggere l'italiano antico che è diverso dal latino. Yeah, due due is to his own experience, which uh, he worked with a lot of uh, ancient uh, manuscripts. He actually uh, learned uh, the old Italian, what we call the vulgar. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's. Yeah, he actually is able to uh, recognize a piece of paper uh, and tell you the the, the date between uh, uh, around twenty years, uh, and being pretty accurate on the date just by touching it. Because he used to uh, fix them. Wow. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, we've got to have a whole show just where we talk about Massimo and his past and, and, and his experience. It sounds I could like sure be glad to. I have a question about Italian EVPs. Uh, has he ever gotten an EVP in Latin, you know, since it was an original language back then? Or you longer? know what? I don't know. But the thing is, I asked Massimo plenty of time to make me listen to his private collection. And he doesn't want to share it because he talks in Venetian dialect, and he thinks it's too, uh, you know, too close to him. No. It's, he thinks it's really personal, so he, he doesn't want to share those. Very interesting. Uh, and if people want to find out more about the device, if they want to sign up for more information, they can just go to ghostark.com, ghostark.com. They can follow you on Twitter, at ghostark underscore device. And uh, the Google Hangouts, uh, the, the YouTube broadcast of that that happened earlier, you guys will make that available on the website if people want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's already available on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's not that great, but uh, we're going to improve on that format. Hey, I thought That's we did a pretty good job, and, and, and you got to show off my beard to the world. So, <laughs> Yeah, you were awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying to save my questions for the radio show and give everybody else a chance to ask, and, and they asked some fantastic questions, so people should definitely go check out that link on YouTube if you haven't seen it already, and you'll get to find out more, and you'll get to see the guys behind this. Uh, I want to thank you all, uh, the three of you, for joining yeah, I us. I want to make just a quick statement. Sure. Next time you're going to see us in YouTube, we are going to have the device in the hands. So Excellent. be ready. Any time, kind of time frame for when that'll be? Or? Uh, you know, <laughs> soon trademark. <laughs> just, just make sure that when you do it, I, I want you to at least give us like 30 seconds with the lights off just so we can see it glowing. Yeah. All right. We're going to do that. That's going to be the top question. There you go. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us, and it was great talking to you. And definitely stay in touch. Let yes. us know everything that's going on and, and keep us updated on the progress, and we'll make sure we keep updating the audience as well. Thank you very much, very, very much for having us. It's been a pleasure. And by the way, awesome mixed skills by both of you. So congratulations on those, and thanks again for the time you 
you gave us. All right, thank thank you. you, and we will say ciao to all of you. Buonanotte, ciao. <laughs> and uh, I wish I had the clip of, uh, of Mickey from, from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Arrivederci, baby. But uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, the Ghost Ark again, ghostark.com if you want to find out more. We're just about out of time for tonight's show. I want to thank the Ghost Ark guys. I want to thank all of you for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, I think we might try and do a pre-recorded show before next week. If not, we'll get a, a, a rerun here for everybody. But uh, we'll be back in two weeks. I believe that will be our show where we're talking tarot with uh, Lynn Marie as long as the weather holds out. So until then, everybody, stay spooktacular.